To the Down in Front podcast, the only podcast where four dudes talk about how brains are so important to the human race. I am your host, Bryland. With us tonight are going to be three other dudes that'll help us review Zack Snyder's new film, Army of the Dead, on Netflix, starring Dave Batista and many other side characters as well. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to do what we always do and introduce who's with us this evening and see what they're sipping on and what they've been watching recently. So without further ado, we're going to always go back to him because right now he is eternally horny because of the MCU's new drop of the Eternals trailer today. Mocha Mike, how you doing this evening? Eternally is right. Uh, what's up, everybody? I feel like everyone else should be horny, too. That trailer had something for everyone. If you can't look at the cast to the movie Eternals, which includes Jack Kamal Nanjiani, and he's the only reason we have Jack Kamal Nanjiani in this world, and you can't find something to turn you on, man, you're <laughs> dead down there. Um, but what's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Happy to see you all, all of your shining faces. Um, yeah, tonight I'm drinking, uh, still trying to keep myself in a good health space, especially since I kind of went overboard and drank like 15 beers yesterday. Uh, so today I'm just <laughs> drinking water. And for what I've been watching, uh, I've spent uh, a lot of time this week being very excited watching season four of Castlevania on Netflix. Um, the team over at Powerhouse Animation, Samuel Dietz, and all the other creative minds that are behind this, they clearly, they clearly care so much about the material that they're working with and the product that they're creating. And that comes out in every single frame of this show. It is a beautifully animated, gory, action-packed fest with a lot of good comedy and a lot of good heart. Um, and if you, liked, if you like any of those things I just said, or even just a fan of the old Castlevania games from like the late 80s, early 90s, and beyond, you should definitely take the time to check it out because this series is fantastic. Yeah. Would you recommend taking a whole week off from work and just mainlining the series if you haven't watched any of it? Oh, absolutely. Because that means you could probably fit it in at least two and a half full cycles to the series. And it definitely deserves that much <laughs> attention. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Cool. So also with us this evening, no, but he's not shredding uh, up casinos to get some money. He's shredding the guitar. Mike Blewett, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fan. Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, and thank you for having me back. I think I missed the last one. So, which at this point was, you know, four and a half months ago. Um, <laughs> I, I also cannot stand you for putting a timestamp on when this podcast was recording by linking it to the Eternals drop, uh, because now it is on me to edit this in a somewhat reasonable time, because now people can link it and say, wow, he took absolutely ages to get that done. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I hate you and I won't speak to you for four minutes. Uh, so anyways, tonight I am drinking a uh, codename Superfan, which is by Odd13 Brewing. Hate is just love in reverse. <laughs> Actually, it's Ita. Nope. Actually, technically, 
love in reverse is like evil and then eat I don't whatever whatever it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. all, it's all stupid um so anyways odd 13 brewery it's pretty solid it's like a i think a new england ipa style ipa um i noticed my local uh beer store uh they flipped all the eight percent uh double ipas replaced them all with the uh lighter 6.5 percent ipas to welcome in the 90 degree uh weekend that we just had so um thought that was pretty funny where we're just it's beer seasons they changed to um as for what i've been watching so i've been watching uh playoff hockey playoff basketball uh one of those things is going better than than the other um if you're you know you know the fan the teams that i follow uh also i watched half of the making of army of the dead i kind of put it in the uh, background it was kind of weird uh, i think netflix realized how yeah, I, I bet it was uh i bet it was a whole lot shorter than actual yeah no movie. It's, it's i'm only halfway through and i think i was watching it for 15 minutes so you know uh, it's still like <laughs> kind of too long but it's definitely netflix is attempt of like looking at what Disney is doing on Disney Plus and being like, hey, this is a cheap and easy way. It's like the DVD scenes they used to get and you get yeah. extras. It's like the some Disney figured out how to remonetize that stuff. Um and then uh I have been playing The Witcher, uh Blood and Wine. Um still nice. got a million years to go on that. Well, I've basically spent all my time just uh redoing my house. Um and then I also beat the Collect 'em all uh side mission from the base game which is probably the nerdiest thing that I've done ever in a video game. Uh, Rob, you can judge me that, that, you know, from here to back on that. But uh, yeah, that one took absolutely forever to figure out which. So for all that you don't know, you you play this card game in in The Witcher and uh, they don't there's not like a set location for all the cards. So you kind of have to just go through and play a bunch of people to try and figure out if you played them before um luckily i guessed right on my like third place that i went and i, I hit the last three people but it was yeah it was a nightmare to try and figure out and then the last so thing, you're a gwent master now i oh i got one more in the blood and wine i gotta i gotta i gotta do the big gwent tournament in that one until you can call me you know master mike uh and then the last thing uh the bad batch i i'm suspecting that a lot of people here have also been uh i'm a massive star wars fan i I like the idea. Um, I think so far it has been somewhat executed poorly and that might be a hot take. Uh, there is a lot that I want to see be done in the next, in like the 14 episodes that we have this show for. Uh, and so far it's not really doing it. Um, I don't mind the characters. I don't mind the locations. The action's pretty solid. Uh, there's just like things that I want to see about the era that we are currently in that they're not in focus of making it a more like character driven piece. So they're doing a very character heavy story. I want like a, an exposition heavier story. And so I think it's yeah. a me thing and an expectations thing. Uh, I'm hoping that they're setting up the characters to tell story going forward. Um, but there's a lot of beats that they're not really exploring that I really wish they did. Yeah. Blew it. I think I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I'm not super negative on it. It's very enjoyable, but I'm finding myself less interested in the Bad Batch crew and more interested in like what is Tarkin doing and what is going on with Crosshair and his crew as well. So it, it just seems like, yeah, they got these characters, but they are definitely taking a slow time to develop them or get you to care about why the Bad Batch is so special. 
Yeah, and I wonder if that's because of the fact that this mo- this show in particular has a longer runtime <clears throat> runtime of episodes than most of what Disney has been doing in their Disney Plus initiatives. Um, I think it's like sixteen episodes, and like the other shows have all been like, I mean, like seven or eight. Um, so I wonder if that's if that's even, why. Even but, Clone Wars under Disney was only twelve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even so, though, if you're gonna like stretch it out and flesh it out with other stuff, all that stuff needs to be compelling in some way. But I wonder if it's going to pay off. Uh, later on yeah the the other thing is that now that i'm thinking about is that clone wars was 12 episodes so shorter but they also it was truly three movies you know like that's it was the arcs um whereas clone wars it almost seems like adventure of the week um and i don't want that from this show i i want to see like through lines and carry over and they're hinting at it but they're not it's it's not the same as as kind of what i want to get out of it so I'm going to keep on watching. It's the first thing I do after work every Friday. Um, <laughs> but I am kind of bummed that Loki got bumped to Wednesday because I think Loki's going to be a better week cap than the Bad Batch is. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a good chance of that. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what you have to say about Army of the Dead. Also with us this evening is a very special guest. He is a co-founder of the Wicked Good Gaming uh, I guess y'all are uh, almost like an org or something. Y'all are growing leaps and bounds and everything. They're he's also now. Yeah, he's the co-host of Not Another Gaming Podcast, which you can find usually every Thursday on twitch.tv slash wickedgoodgaming. He goes by many names, but we like to call him Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, how are you doing this evening? Thank you for joining us. I'm, what have you been sipping on and wow. what have you been watching? I'm doing great. I, you know, I've had, um, had a couple of questions recently of like, why, how, why, and where do all of my, uh, where do all of my names come from? And like, I don't know. I don't give myself these names. People just give me these names, uh, <laughs> like Rob, Bob, Bert, uh, Dr. Vito. Yeah. That guy, that one too. Like, um, recently we signed with Dexerto. So now I changed my, uh, at handle on Twitter to WGG Dexberto. So like, I like, you know, I like to have a little play on words with everything, um, but I'm doing good. Um, I, it's been a little bit, I'm trying to remember when the last time I came, when was the last time I came on? I think it was a vendor vendors end game. I think there was one more after that. The other one after that was, was the saw movie. Was it the saw Spir- movie? Uh, not spiral, but the saw, like Jigsaw. The saw movie that we did. Yeah. Jigsaw, it was fucking yeah. Awful. absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, and I was going to come on for spiral, but we haven't seen, I don't think everyone's seen spiral yet. Um, but I, I'm doing all right. You know, things are going always busy. Uh, always a pleasure to be back on, but I am drinking some, uh, I don't, it's wine. It's wine. You know, it's called juggernaut uh, hillside Cabernet. I don't know what it actually means, but there's alcohol in it and I'm drinking it and I don't usually drink wine, but I was hanging out with the fellas tonight. So I was like, you know what? Let me pop the bottle real quick. <laughs> so drinking some wine. Um, what I, what am I watching? I am watching Castlevania season four. I have two episodes left. I cannot wait to see the end to it because I'm pretty sure this is the series finale. I don't think there's going to be another season after this. It's the series finale, at least for, for Trevor's story. We don't know if they're going to oh, okay. pick up another another member of the Belmont family down the road. Yeah, I mean that would that's it makes a ton of sense. Why like why wouldn't they want to keep going with this? Because I I would have to assume that this is an incredibly successful series right now, just because of how well made it is. Uh, outside of Castlevania, I am watching Invincible with my girlfriend. Uh, 
we're about halfway through it right now. And we're also rewatching all of the Harry Potter movies. And we have uh, both of the Deathly Hallows left. And then we're done with that. And then we can, I guess we can ascend into the next stage of our relationship afterwards, because I guess this was a real like contentious point of uh, our relationship. Um, what I'm playing a lot of Counter-Strike, play a lot of Counter-Strike, been, I'm almost done with Resident Evil Village. I'm going to have a full playthrough of that at uh, youtube.com backslash wicked gaming at some point. Uh, and then I'm playing through South, South Park, the fractured butthole as well on my switch every night. And I'm having a blast with that. That game is. Have awesome. you felt that awesome. uh, that Resident Evil yeah. Village has given you any good, like real jump scares, or yeah, is your, are you just too Iron World? So I um, I am a horror movie fanatic. I am a horror gamer. Uh, I shouldn't say enthusiast, but like a fan. I would, I guess. I don't like to play incredibly scary horror games, but I like experiencing the stories of them, which is why like nine times out of 10, I'll watch somebody do a playthrough first or a stream through of it or whatnot. And then I'll play through it myself just because I want to know where everything is. I want to see like, Hey, what's, what's the actual feel of this? Like, is it atmospheric horror? is it jump scare horror? What type of horror should I be, you know, expecting? But when it comes to the Resident Evil franchise, these games are the ones where I just go into with like horse blinders on. I don't look at, I don't look at uh, streams. I don't watch playthroughs. I don't look at reviews. I just don't care. I want to play through these games myself and experience it for the first time myself. And this game is like, it's, it's pretty high up there for me right now. I'd say probably like Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil Village right now. And then like everything else after that really doesn't matter. They're good games, but they don't really matter. Mm. Uh, with Village, it is surprisingly, I think there's more jump scares than seven. Uh, I feel like they just put in a, a, like whatever the percentage was per like steps taken in the game in seven, they've like halved it. So half of the steps you take in that game, there's another jump scare somewhere. And it might not even be like something popping up in your face. It's like you duck underneath a doorway or you duck underneath a fireplace and you hear like a board snap behind you. And I think it's, I think it's incredible. So I love that game. I give it like a nine and a half out of 10 right now. I haven't finished it yet though. Sick. Awesome. Well, Dr. Bob, thank you for joining us this evening. Can't wait to see what you have to say about this movie. And I am your host, Bryland. And what I've been sipping on, I still have some Terramania tequila hanging around. I did run out of some orange juice, but I am using uh, orange Gatorade to mix with my tequila tonight. And still healthy. That's healthy for you. It's healthy. Got the electrolytes and I got the, um, I got the depressants in there as well. So good mix of both. Um, but what I've been uh, doing recently is uh, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, to be honest. I've been watching an episode here and there of things. I got to catch up on a lot, but uh, I've been really busy just trying to do a lot of career progress, which surprisingly takes a lot of work and a lot of time away from things. <laughs> but uh, what I did make time for was I was listening to some good music over the weekend. So I listened to the Co- Conan the Barbarian soundtrack, Basil Paladors, probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. And to be honest, so, I'm going to be really honest. I thought you were about to say, I've been listening to a lot of Coke Boys recently and I was about to be like, ah, it's like, let's go, <laughs> Coke Boys. <yeah." laughs> 
<laughs> and I also listened to uh, the Sprack Zathrustra. I hope I spelled said that Thus properly. Zarathustra. Thank you, Blewett. Uh, but great song from uh, Camelot, I believe, or one of those King Arthur movies. Um, Excalibur. That's right. Uh, but uh, what I also did listen to was the Eurovision Song Contest 2021, the grand finals. And uh, they brought it back. The same ridiculous pageantry that you would expect out of the Eurovision. Uh, and a lot of weirdness that I was gladly entertained by. I mean, they had everything from a guy doing ballet while another guy did BMX tricks around him. Um, they brought back Lordy for like their 65th anniversary and Lordy played on top of a rooftop. So basically they were playing in a ring of fire on top of a rooftop of a building, which was pretty sick. Um, but uh, ultimately it did end up like Eurovision does. UK got zero points as usual. Um, and Italy turned out to be the champs and their rock band. I mean, sound very much like a bad buck cherry knockoff, but, uh, you know, that's Eurovision for you. Um, it was also really cool to see the lead singer of that band, like just snort a line of Coke before he went up and got the trophy too. Um, so coke boy, uh, fucking Coke boys, <laughs> Coke boys. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Eurovision, it's always a fun, wacky time. I was rooting for Iceland just because I like their little nerdy pop group that they have going on. Um, and it also helped me discover other old, uh, Eurovision, uh, acts such as Dustin, the Turkey from Ireland. So if you haven't seen Dustin, the Turkey, definitely YouTube it because, uh, it is a Muppet DJ that Ireland sent to Eurovision one year. So the wackiness of Eurovision continues. The Irish have literally thousands of years of amazing artists playing groundbreaking music and poets and literature. And we send a Muppet DJ. Honestly, that makes complete sense. The Irish would do that. They're just probably too drunk <laughs> to send anyone else. Uh, you know, good Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, I still haven't watched Eurovision ever, nor have I watched the Eurovision Song Contest. I wasn't here for that recording. I never got around to watching it, but I feel like I should have. I've heard about positive both. things coming out about both. Yes, you should watch both. And uh, also, um, one new thing is the Eurovision Song Contest was uh, live streamed by Peacock. So if you do have access to Peacock, you can always watch the grand final again if you want to. Isn't Peacock uh, a free service? Kind they of. have an ad-based free I service kind of for limited things. Mm -hmm. And if then you pay. If you're a Comcast what customer, you, want. you get it. You get like the unlimited for free. Yeah. Oh, so that's how they yeah that's how they tie it but you can also pay for it uh which by the way we are recording the psych 3 podcast whenever that comes out and that is a peacock <laughs> exclusive all righty that sounds great uh the other thing i did was i was gaming a lot and um and what i was gaming the new game i was playing aside from world of warcraft which i can't get away from for some reason uh is returnal on ps5 and it's made by housemark uh, I've been playing Housemark games since I released Resogun. I mean, think essentially because it was the only game out for PS3 at launch. Uh, and I was like, might as well. And I really loved it for being like a little uh, just a modern version of Defender. And they had these sick particle physics to it. So I really dug that game. So I continued to play their games. And they had different 
uh, qualities to all of them, uh, but they always had like these really sick uh, shooter feels to them, but also like uh, just constantly changing levels and uh, just brilliant uh, graphics as well to go with like explosions and things like that. And Returnal is kind of the same, but Returnal's also feels very big budget, like their first AAA game. Uh, it's visually beautiful, but also a lot of people wonder like what is going to be a next-gen game on a next-gen console. And Returnal, to me, feels like one of those first games that kind of gets it because it's not just about like how pretty the game is going to look and that these consoles can push all these graphic, all this graphic power and everything, but also just the play experience that you have. And that PS5 controller with its haptics really make for a unique experience as well as its uh, triggers that it has for different uh, modes of firing in the game really make it uh, worth the play experience, I think. It is a roguelike, so if you're not into those type of games, it may not be for you. I don't know if it's worth 70 bucks, though. That was pretty steep to buy it. Um, but I really am enjoying the hell out of Returnal right now. And I will say right now, Housemark has become one of my favorite development houses for the games they make. With that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to... Re- dive into our full spoiler-filled review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. And we're going to dive into our spoiler-filled review of Army of the Dead, new movie by Zack Snyder, directed and written by Zack Snyder, which is absolutely no surprise with the dialogue we got going on here. But it does star Dave Bautista, Ella Purnell, Omari Hardwick, and many, many others. And to start us off with our overall thoughts of how did we feel about this movie, we're going to go over to none other than Mocha Mike. Mocha Mike. What'd you think of Army of the Dead? Yeah, so I'm glad you're starting with me because I am a connoisseur of zombie movies. I love zombie movies. It's like it's the chicken soup for my soul is seeing people die, come back to life, and and terrorize their loved ones. Um, and so I feel like I came to this movie with a baseline expectation of actually of liking it a certain amount. And I do think that that amount was reached, but I feel like there was a lot of potential in this movie that it just didn't get to. Um, which is a bit of a bummer, but also, and in some ways, because it was Zack Snyder, kind of expected. Um, not that I like, I'm not like giving you like Zack Snyder hate, but I feel like Zack Snyder often leaves me wanting a little bit more, especially in the last couple of years of his filmmaking. Um, but all that being said, uh, it's, it's a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie that takes place in Las Vegas. It's interesting that it's a movie that takes place after the zombie menace has been uh, gotten under control. All the zombies are quarantined yeah. to the Las Vegas area. And the U.S. government is just thinking of taking the final step of nuking the place. And our, our lovable cast of scamps goes on one last, one last uh, big job to get the big payout, <laughs> you know, so they can all run right up to the sunset, that whole trope, in order to rob a, uh, a casino vault um, before the nuke goes off. 
And yeah. I thought that was a cool setup for it and a cool setting as well, like post-apocalyptic Las Vegas. Um, but uh, but yeah, I felt like there were some very unique and interesting aspects to it. But overall, I feel like it didn't do enough that was new. Um, I like the fact that they tried to give this mentality of there are different classes of zombies. There are the normal like horde kind of zombies um, that just shamble along. And then there are zombies that are, uh, to quote uh, our good friend Mike Blewett, who never seems to stop talking about them, more like the Ubermensch kind of zombies. Who <laughs> the Ubermensch like zombies. The, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, ulti, the, uh, the stormtrooper zombies, uh, so to speak, um, who, are super intel- who are super fairly intelligent and way more agile and way more tough to bring down. And all that was cool world building, but I still feel like we didn't get enough of all of that. We didn't get any of the fights against the, the strong zombies until the very end. And at that point, it was all just fleeing and shooting. And so you didn't even get a chance to appreciate the fact that they were different zombies than the other ones uh, because it was all just a chaotic end of the movie, people dying left and right situation. It, it kind of just screams sequel bait, like mm-hmm. towards, yeah. like towards, from middle towards end, like beginning, it's all set up which took way too long and then middle to middle to end is just, all right, let's set everything up for a sequel. You know, here's all this lore that we have. And then right at the end, it's like, hmm, guess what? There could be more. Yeah. I mean, it looked like this is the first zombie film that Zack Snyder's done since his return of the living dead remake, which was actually, I mean, I love that. I, I like that zombie movie as well. And I usually don't like many zombie movies, and uh, I always feel like this was just as enjoyable as that one. Um, it was definitely not something where you would be surprised by it. You could definitely see everything set up coming a mile away. But it was actually showing like, like the best points of what make action zombie films fun. Um, that opening scene just reminded me of like one of those opening scenes that you would see in like zombie land or something like that. Uh, it was actually fun, entertaining. It was a really cool, just premise of showing like, this is what everything happened. Like you said, Mocha. Um, also at the same time, I like that they set this in Las Vegas because putting something about Las Vegas just adds another layer of wackiness to it. And we definitely get a lot of wackiness in the beginning. I definitely think that fizzles out at the end. Um, but I did enjoy like seeing like in the first five minutes, we have show zombie showgirls. we got zombie Elvises. We got a zombie tiger in this that is probably escaped from a show at, at one of the hotels and stuff. Um, but yeah, as it goes on, it does feel a little bit more too formulaic and um, it kind of does peter out. But uh, I did think that for the most part, I was entertained and um also, Dave Bautista, he's become a fantastic leading man for action films, at least. And he, he's kind of different than everybody else. He's not like this uh, super charismatic guy like uh, like The Rock right now or anything like that. But he does have his own place in it where he he can bring some seriousness to a role that really doesn't need you to care about it to actually be part of the role. He's just, he's big dude that can shoot guns and stab things and throw them across a room really well. But he still adds that extra layer of like dramatic seriousness to his roles. That kind of makes you empathize with this character a lot more than you should. Mm. So I, there's, there's two things I want to touch on. One is that you mentioned, or at least Rob mentioned earlier, how it felt like a setup to a sequel. And I do think that they're they They left themselves that room oh, for yeah. that and they want to go there. But surprisingly enough, we have a prequel on the way. 
which is a TV series called Army of the Dead Lost Vegas and basically covers all that stuff that we saw in the opening credits. Uh, that's going to be the TV series and it's going to have so, Dave, yeah. it's going to have Dave Bautista literally. and all those characters that were that were alive in that with other people like Joe Mangello, uh, Jenna Malone, like a but like that's Oh, speaking of tight of shirts. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> My god, dude. That is the best option that they could buy. I don't want to see a sequel. I'm telling you straight up, I don't want to see a sequel. A prequel? Absolutely. I can fuck with a prequel. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. that, that could be a really good route for them to go. Yes, 100%. Because then you, then what? You, you'd be losing the star power of someone like Dave Batista. You don't want to do that. You're, you're bringing him on board for a reason. You, so you can have a six foot eight jacked up hulking monster on screen at all times. <laughs> you want to keep him for the prequel, okay? Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad that you brought up Zombieland because that's exactly what I thought this movie was going to be. And I was surely let down by the mm. whole thing. Mm. Um, I enjoy, like I enjoyed it for what it was, and it was basically like a uh like a half-assed a heist plot thrown into a wacky zombie movie with a team up like the A team, you know, and it just yeah. I feel like they tried doing too, too many things and in doing so, oh, and of course they needed to throw in like uh family drama as well. Like yeah. it's a fucking soap opera. They did too, too many family. things, too, too mm-hmm. many things. Yeah. Literally. I, I think that the two, well, like one to one character relationships were pretty solid. Like Batista and his daughter or Batista, like in his, you know, the, the, the partner, you know, the girl. Uh, up to a point, but like, I don't think anyone besides the one-to-ones really had like any group chemistry, like, because they were just some hodgepodge of people that there was literally no connection between Dave Batista's character and the YouTube guy's girlfriend. You know, like it's like when she died, only one person really felt it. It wasn't like a real big blow to the rest of the team. Um, cause, uh, cause I think you're right. Like they tried to do too much. They tried to put so many different little interpersonal things, different plot points, different pieces of lore that it kind of, it like made the whole thing lukewarm because you didn't care if she died. You didn't care that like what the, uh, the guy's like personal assistant, you're like, Oh, he's going to die. No, I don't care what he's going to say. Cause, uh, not assistant, like the, the, you know, the hired gun for, um, the overall security guy. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. He's going to die at some point. Cause of course he is like, I know how this is. So why should I care about any of his relationships to any of the other characters? Um, yeah. But with that also, I did like, they, they had the right personalities for a zombie action film. Like you do have that cook that has secretly 15 million medals of honor and is like a super badass that has survived a zombie apocalypse before you do have, uh, someone like you do have the zombies are being an allegory for many different social political issues in here, just like any zombie film will be. And it's just enough surface level to kind of make some high school kid watch this and go to his friends and make him feel like these, he's found some deep philosophy in a zombie film. Uh, but the, but you, but you did, but also, you did have, like, but, the, the, but the thing is, the thing <laughs> you is, you also did, have, you didn't you need have it. like, you do also have like very unique pop personalities. I liked Van's person. I liked Van's character. I liked Goose's character. I liked Dieter as well. Those three together, yeah. I could watch a show with those three just right there and enjoy myself. And like they're yeah. they're seen but yeah. in the yeah, but they're not going to be in the prequel. With, That's a thing. They're they're not, they won't the, be in the prequel. I, I mean, Van will be. Yeah, but Guzman might. 
Guzman might be in it, but Dieter Dieter, never, Dieter, Dieter can't no. because they literally just met at the beginning of that movie. And in, in Berlin, yeah, but having, I mean, I, I, I mean, how could you not enjoy that scene with Van Dieter and Goose in the vault where Van is just going back to the elevator to just shovel zombies towards these booby traps <laughs> and stuff? I mean, I, I was having okay. a great time with. Here, so that was here's my. Oh, go on, go yeah. On. Uh, okay, I was gonna say here's a lore thing that they literally never addressed literally not they addressed it once and it was never brought back up in the rest of the movie we're here praising them for dropping hints of lore left and right right he guzman or not guzman uh van says outright it's not it's not the blood that they're attracted to it's, it's heat. heat they're attracted to heat so he warmed up a hand in a microwave and he threw it at no other point in the movie did that ever come into play? And I'm sitting there the entire time thinking, okay, they made a note of a, a fire extinguisher being on the helicopter. Maybe at some point they're going to spray themselves with the uh, fire extinguisher Retarded. to, yeah, to cool their body down, just like in Tremors 2, and they're going to sneak past all the zombies. At no point did they ever fucking readdress it. And I don't understand why you putting all of these little things in left and right if you don't plan on using it. What is the point? It, they were packing. It was packing too much shit into too short. And I say yeah. too short of a, a movie. It was over two hours long. It was 45 minutes too long. It was four different subgenres of a movie, two of which never needed to be involved. You don't need the character dramatization. And you really like you I mean, the heist thing, if you're going to do a heist, put a little more effort into the heist itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it should have been, it should have been zombie and heist. That's it. They mm -hmm. essentially just had the, like the one hallway scene, like you just yeah, said, exactly. where, like heating it up. That was the only heist element of this entire film. Um, and Brian, I think that's, that's the point though, that like there was like really good to great characters. They just didn't play well. It's like they wrote an archetype of a character, gave him, him or her. Uh, some scenes that they're like, oh, this character is going to shine in this scenario and then jammed it all together, you know, and, and like, that's not that's fine. If you're just watching 10 minutes of like one action sequence, you could probably get a lot out of it. But to try and string a two and a half hour long movie together out of just like these separate discordant characters, I, I don't know. That was a huge break for me when they had like the middle of the movie, like uh, uh, Bautista's like girl partner was like oh i'm not here for the money i'm here for you where did that come from like like absolutely where yeah. like why <laughs> did that whole thing need to be done i mean i know why it was done it's so that the audience would feel the heartbreak of seeing her that was sick by the way of her like neck getting yeah. snapped. it was cool was i didn't gnarly. i didn't care it was cool yeah, i but, didn't give it to make you care by having that scene yes. but it wasn't yeah. enough. and it was completely because i was still shaking my head like of like this is dumb why is why is this a thing there's been no mention of this earlier his wife died two weeks ago like his daughter is still here like this is messed up and then all of a sudden snap <laughs> it's like all right that's that's pretty that's sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and yeah and i think that's kind of like i mean what Zack snyder's strength is he knows when to just like throw the zombies in to get past the um the plot elements and yeah i'll agree with y'all there's too many microplots going around uh, but also a lot of weird logicals as well like that when they're get walking through the hibernating zombies they say don't shine lights in their eyes and uh then they pop then the, then they break uh open um glow sticks and put them everywhere um <laughs> well, but also like my biggest them. my like, biggest 
logic hole that I think is weird is there was no logic. There was <laughs> literally no logic. Is in this that uh, not so whatsoever? Why wants this to get into the safe of his own casino? Why doesn't he know the fucking code, safe code to his own fucking safe? So that was like another thing of like, could they, you could have found out afterwards that, you know, it's not as safe or something, you know, like the, you, you could have done something with that piece of information because you're also, right. What, it makes no hold, sense that he doesn't hold know on. the safe what casino code? owner names the towers of his casino, Sodom and Gomorrah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Was <laughs> it, it's metal as fuck. First yeah, of all, no, it is, like secondly, yeah. uh, secondly, <laughs> hold on. Okay. Let me just fucking, you know how lo- we just, we quite literally just opened the window. We picked up logic and we threw it straight the fuck out. Okay. If the whole, per- and this is big spoiler territory at this point. So if you're listening to this, sorry, but you're going to have to listen to my silky smooth voice for this one. Um, Go for it. If the entire purpose of this trip was to not break into the bank, because that is the, you'll find out later on. The purpose is not to break into the bank and get the $25 million because $25 million doesn't matter anymore. Apparently the purpose was to go and get one of the alpha zombies and just get some of their DNA, get a little bit of blood. That's all they did. It was a little pinch of blood from an alpha zombie. So potentially you could auction that off. So someone could create their own zombie private army. If that were the case, I promise you. They could have just gotten the same exact group together. They would have never had to get Dieter and they could have just walked right in right up front like they did at the beginning and, and they could have shot the guy in the leg, got the alpha zombie close and I captured it, off. captured it just like they captured the head anyway. Yep. <laughs> we did it. That could, this movie could have been a fucking eight minute short. Okay. <laughs> it could have been an eight minute short. We didn't need two and a half hours. Dave Batista needs money though. Dave Batista just needs to take his shirt off and smile in my direction and I'll give him money. Okay. That's it. <laughs> that's no, all he needs. I, I like, I, he doesn't need to be in this movie. You're, you're totally right. Like it, it from like a, like a, like why, why now I'm trying to do logic. It's like, why do something no, super, do it. super, illegal, super illegal to j- just do something else. That's also seems like illegal. It's, it's almost like, Oh, we're robbing a bank so that we can go like steal a car. Like that's like they, their, they, they literally, it was, it was, how can we make this one process even more difficult and more dangerous? That's mm-hmm. all it was. All if the French woman, I can't remember What was her name again? Uh, Lily or coyote. All right. If Lily knew straight up, all we need to do is get some alpha DNA. Everybody's walking away with two mil cash money. Throw that shit in your bag. Let's get the fuck out. Let's get some, let's get that head and we'll get the fuck out. Right. If she knew up front, this movie's eight minutes long. They go in, they surround that first 45 feet that they walked into and they get the head and that's it. And then they walk out. They don't even need the head. No, they don't. Yeah. But instead, they say, hey, let's concoct this entire plot that nobody in their right mind is ever going to accomplish. And then also, sub subplot, all we really needed was a little alpha DNA. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. What is the fucking point? Oh, what is so the point? Also, at the same time, though, I really appreciate ridiculousness like Tig Notaro able to get a helicopter flying after the engine explodes like five times. So, so. Oh, go ahead, Blitz. I was going to say, one last little Chekhov's gun uh, in that first 45 minutes of the, the zombie zone. 
uh, when they're talking about the dried up husks and they're like, oh yeah, you should see what happens when it rains. I was like, never oh. see it again. I was like, never that's going to be though. a really cool ending when the entire strip rises up because they all get hydrated again. Hydro home. Never it's see it Vegas. Again. It's the desert. No, I know. Why say it? Why say it? Because that's, that's something that why? should come back in the third act. It's so stupid. It's like they're literally setting up all of these awesome scenes to happen at the end of the movie. And they just say, you know what? Let's, hey, remember when we were going to have that fucking, that tidal wave of zombies reanimating at the gate? You know what? Let's throw in some family drama instead. Yeah. (laughs) Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you fucking crazy? No, you had one job, Zach. You had one fucking job and you fucked it up. It's like, oh, let's just show alphas run down a hallway and get shot in the head for the fourth time. Same thing. Who cares? So I, I, I love your, your idea of saying that it should have just been focused on the mission should have been getting some blood from an alpha. Um, and I love that idea. No, no, Aside no. From get, the, get, the, no, you got to get a little head. Yeah, get a little head. Get a little head. <laughs> for, for the record, I say that was a dumb side, side plot. I, I think it should have just been a heist. But let's just say we let's just say we combine those two in a way that actually makes sense, right? It's a heist movie that isn't about a bank. It's a heist movie about the blood. Let's say their mission from the start is you need to go and get the this alpha blood. But because these these zombies have like some sort of society, the alphas are in the center of their domain, like little generals around their king, and they aren't out leading like leading the front. So they have to fight their way into the the core and do an actual heist like against these zombies that are now more intelligent when you get to the center. If you were to do that, you give us the opportunity to embrace what I think is the coolest thing about this movie's potential, which is the setting of law of dead Las Vegas. Yeah. Las Vegas is the most, one of the most brilliant place, place settings for a zombie movie. And I can't believe I never thought of it before because Las Vegas itself is already a dead rotting hospital <laughs> place. It's not real. <laughs> Everyone who's all there the, is dead and rotting. All the, pe- yep, all the people inside are all it's, dead it's inside. It's a perfect, perfect analogy for uh for zombie horror and to be able to explore that and see the ruined husks of what was already the fakest version of civilization like it's so cool and for them to go exploring and then have to do a heist like when you get to the center like what their command the zombie command area and get blood from these zombies that once you fought all through all these these hordes you're not to deal with the ones that can actually put two and two together and make a plan i think that would have been so much more compelling all right, you sold me on that. I I, I wasn't gonna see the uh, the blood thing through, but I, I like that. Also, it's like a, a natural, yeah. it's like a video game where you start off with the shamblers and you just slowly get harder and harder yeah. villains. Exactly, all with the same timer of getting out before the nuke goes off. Like it's yeah. it's it's it, it writes itself at that point. They could yeah, but yeah. they could I mean, have just like had having one a, line. Having a clock going is perfect, and resetting that clock near the end is also perfect, even though. Yeah, granted, when they say it's 20 minutes and then there's another hour of the movie, I definitely felt that. <laughs> uh, but I did want to give a shout out to Theo Rossi and Garrett Dillahunt. Uh, they played uh, amazing douchebags for this movie. Um, like Shades just being a creepy rapist at a uh, camp for wayward uh, or for uh, Las Vegas survivors and him becoming a zombie. So he got what was coming to him. And then, yeah, Garrett Dillahunt being the douchebag corporate guy. Uh, play that douchebag really well and uh, getting what comes to him, too. So I really appreciate that. He shouldn't have called uh, my girl Valentine what he called her. It was real nice seeing him get knocked around like that. Oh, that was that was probably the best scene in the entire movie. 
That might have been the best scene. Yeah. I shit you not, that might have been the best scene in the entire When movie. she eats his face, I was just like, <laughs> I, I stood up in my seat. I was like, whoa, well, this is my, fucking hilarious. My problem is that this movie could have been all of that scene. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this movie, Army of the Dead had potential to be the uh, Valentine ripping off the corporate guy's head for an hour and a half straight. It could have been that fucking bananas. It could have been that over yeah. the top. We could have had that much fun watching it. Like we had that much fun watching that scene, but instead it was family drama, family drama, everybody army of the it's dead family, family also, what drama. Was, what was the relationship between the daughter and then Gita? Like I thought they were uh, friends. He, they were friends he, and she he, died he, in the besties. fucking helicopter crash at the end. They were friends. <laughs> the whole, they, uh, guess what? Subplot number eight, right? My friend is lost somewhere in Vegas. We need to go save Those her kids because have her no mother now. Because her kids, they don't have a mother. I didn't guess even think what? They were that good of friends. <laughs> guess what? She died in the fucking helicopter crash anyway. <laughs> what does it matter? What did it matter? This whole dramatic bullshit. Why? It could have been such a good, fun, light movie, and instead they wanted to make it dark and brooding and have real interrelationships between characters for what fucking reason it, this could have been Zombieland three and everybody would have had a blast with it i would have loved it if if they let's say they get the same idea right like her friend goes missing right but she accepts it she comes to terms with it and then goes with her father on this trip for the sake of being part of the mission and later on they actually find out that she's that she's there maybe they see her getting dragged off maybe they hear survivors screaming and now this girl has to put the mission on the line because she's making an executive decision to break off from the group and it throws a wrench in the plan that's cool every heist movie needs a sudden wrench in the plan like that like and then you get to avoid all the bullshit that doesn't matter like her like you know the uh, like her like the, the drama with the dad like the whole drama could have been that she was in for the mission but can't bring herself to sacrifice her humanity for this money payout when she knows that her friend is is still alive like I'm into that, but yeah, the other way around, it just seemed like such a, like such an unnecessary add on. No. Yeah. That being yeah. said, I, I did appreciate the, the gory deaths that they did had at the time. I did love Valentine doing her thing. I did love, uh, the cinder blocks crushing the zombie, uh, with a booby trap. I mean, there was some fun zombie kills in here and even uh human kills as well. Like when, the uh, main zombie throws that uh, lead pipe at uh, Lily and just impales her on a wall. That was badass. Or even Tig taking a helicopter blade to the chest, I thought was pretty gnarly too. So there mm-hmm. were some good moments uh, of uh, like some good gory deaths that you would expect from a zombie film. In the opening, when the, the head zombie uh, first escapes and he rips the jaw <laughs> off of that soldier, that was cool. I was like, oh, okay, this is a good way yeah. to start. Let's go. I like those military guys. Their banter at the beginning was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but after that, then you had to wait another 55 minutes for the next death to occur because they needed to set up everybody's relationship for an hour straight. Yeah. You got a cool, you got a matter. Cool- no, nope. would, would you want it more like a predator team coming in, just saying like we're a bunch of badasses, let's go kill stuff? Yes, fucking yes, yes, a hundred percent, yes, a thousand percent, yes. Yeah, that's all. You, that's all you need when you have a fucking hard open, like you show Van in the middle of Vegas with a buzzsaw cutting through zombies, which 
never ne- happens yeah. again in the movie. Lily never. uses the chainsaw at the end. Yeah, but yeah, it's on the door. Yeah, to, cut, to cut open a, a fucking part of drywall. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? You're going to set up all of this shit throughout the movie and replace it with family drama. I could have watched a soap opera. Okay? This was... The more I think, I wasn't as mad last night when I watched this movie, but the more I fucking think about it now, I am so mad that I wasted my time watching this. <laughs> That's how I felt about Code 8. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, so one thing I'll, I will applaud them for that uh, intro is the, uh, the soccer mom, uh, where she's shown mowing everyone down and then she gets, you know, like unceremoniously just crushed by a, you know, block. Well, it's, there was a little ceremony behind it, but what? Um, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, she's like our main character. And I then, like the show, girls. Boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, um, she's going to be a main character in the t- TV series. Like, Yeah, that's fair. That's, we're that's, see all that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, one thing I will say, just you bringing up Tig, and I have, I have two kind of like last things that I really noticed on it. The, the easy one, the two-sentence one is uh, the practical effects were really cool in this. The CGI was aged right now. Like when the zombies were running through Vegas and I was watching, this is one of the things they covered in the, the behind the scenes uh, thing. So apparently they didn't shoot in Vegas. They got like helicopters and drones and stuff and like literally took like LIDAR scans of the entire thing. And so they digitally recreated the entire strip and then they could add their own buildings in and do that sort of stuff. Hmm. So when all the zombies were running across the Vegas strip, it was like CGI zombies on a CGI set. And that's, it just looked fake as hell right now in, you know, the year that it was released, it looked bad, but the practical stuff, apparently they did all on set. Like when they could, when it was the main cast, it was all on sets that they built and that stuff looked pretty, pretty awesome. The one thing that yeah. didn't was Tig Notaro's character. So for all y'all that don't yeah. know, she was a last minute addition. Um, this character was supposed to be played by Chris D'Elia, uh, comedian. He, uh, Oof, got, I wonder what happened there. He got in a little bit of trouble because <laughs> his cell phone, uh, he probably shouldn't have been on. Let's just leave it at that one. Um, did, he, did he send a text? Oh, he's uh, a lot more than a text. Yeah, it's I feel okay. like I feel like when you become that popular of a person, you should just not have a phone. No, take anymore. The, take take. Yeah, yep. and I firmly believe that people's natural grease levels are directly equivalent to their morals. And we should <laughs> from ages ago with Crestelia. That man is greasy as fuck, yep. and his personality matches it. Yep. So, anyways, uh, we won't comment officially because I believe this case is still in court, and we. Uh, Cannot say either you know way about what happened, right? Yeah, Allege- alle- allegedly, 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 all of, all of this allegedly stuff. is yeah. a big fucking creep. Anyways, <laughs> we, are, we are not legal supervisors. <laughs> Anyways, so basically, they they replaced him kind of last minute, and they only shot one scene with Tignataro with any of the other cast members. I think it was the rooftop scene when they go see the helicopter, which was a great Millennium Falcon reference, by the way, um, for the first time. Damn. And that's the, that's it. Every other scene, she was CG'd in, and she did not fit. Not in any single one. You could see where they tried to add extra lines to try and goose it like she was actually part of the team. And those were the worst cuts. It would just be like, thing, and then it would 
you know, go to Tig and be like, I too like that idea. And then back to the main conversation. You're like, all right, sick. Thanks. You added <laughs> nothing to this, but to apparently have been in the group. Uh, also, yeah, side there, note, there's some moments in the movie, like, especially when they're in the hangar and like kind of getting the crew together where they blur out the rest of the cast and Tig is the only one you can see yep. in focus. Yep. And it's just, it is kind of jarring when they did that. And I was like, I would rather see her like the CG outline of her with the other cast. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. Uh, I will say this the is a helicopter at the end. The CG for the helicopter at the end was horrible. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, the, the last thing on that one is that uh, at least they got lucky in Chris Dahlia was the helicopter pilot who was on the roof for most of the movie. And he wasn't someone right. Like, like the, imagine, he if it was, imagine if it was like the YouTube guy, like who's with oh him. <laughs> like it's, it's just the move. You'd have to scrap the movie at that point. <laughs> I do, I do think that, and I agree with you, right? It's very, it is very jarring and it does stand out. Um, but I do think that all things considered, uh, Zack Snyder and the team who made the decision should probably be applauded for at least yeah, going yeah. out of their way to no, try to be like, right move. Fuck right this move. guy was do something. And I think that all things considered, it could have been a lot worse. Um, I wonder for somebody who's not connected to the internet and who didn't know any of that going in, how, whether like what their their level of uncomfortability with Tig's character would be like would they have that uncanny valley experience where they're just like something's off here and I don't know what it is or if you didn't know would it just feel like a like a shitty character or a shitty acting to, and writing to be fair I didn't know going into it and my general outlook was t- I shit you not in my notes I can show you Tig Nataro's character was ass that that was those were that was my notes. Tig- I mean she was Tig Nataro right exactly right but like it didn't seem to fit the rest of the chemistry of the group. But now it makes a lot more sense knowing that this was previously a role held by Chris D'Elia, who allegedly is a creep. Uh, Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah. So for my point of view, I just thought it was just a, a bad casting choice, but I now realize that it was significantly more than that. Yeah, uh, there's also a lot of other holes in this movie that I feel like it. I, I probably would register with people, but people wouldn't go into it that much because they're like, oh, there's all these other crazy things. Like, I'm not going to think about it that too, too hard. Maybe, maybe that's why they put 32 different subplots in so they could just hide <laughs> Tig Notaro the whole time. So, so apparently, <laughs> apparently I, I was uh, reading the old IMDb because I try to be somewhat prepared for this. Uh, and so apparently Zack Snyder obviously is always lauded as having like, you know, studios interfere with his movies. And so that's why like the director cut of a lot of his films ends up being an actual product. And I wonder if we're seeing the reverse on this one, because apparently I, yes. with Netflix, yes. they let him do yeah, Netflix everything. Netflix is just like, yes, do your yes. thing. And so apparently, I fully agree. Maybe fully the agree. theatrical cut of this film would make a hell of a lot more sense because he just didn't leave anything on the cutting room floor. He's like, oh, yep. cool. For the first time in my life, the studio's not going to tell me no. I'm just going to do everything. Yep. I 100% agree. Well, they, did, I think- well, they did that for him for Sucker Punch, too. And Sucker Punch is probably his worst film. I like Sucker Punch. I, I, I like Sucker yeah. Punch. No, I that, hate Sucker that Punch. That has a, a soft soft spot in my... I think the music is phenomenal in it. And the cast is yes. incredible, too. Oscar Isaac, that was a breakout role, in my opinion, for him. For... I... That may, that also makes a lot of sense. That, like... Look, he... Mans is coming straight off of this, the Snyder Cut for Justice League. Four and a half hours long. I... Look, if your next movie is going to be two and a half hours long of a bunch <laughs> of fucking bullshit... Maybe that was actually the kid. Maybe we did see the Snyder cut for Army of the Dead 
And there's a theatrical hour and 15 minute one that I could sit down and watch right now and actually fucking like, because I did not like this one. (laughs) Honestly, I think and be really good. I think I, I, yeah, hundred percent. You all you have to remove you remove half of the genres you're trying to imply into this movie. You remove half of it, and you have a zombie heist movie. That's it. I've never in my life thought that I wanted to watch a fucking zombie heist movie. And here I was walking into Army of the Dead wanting to see a zombie heist movie and being cerebrally let down <laughs> by how fucking much drama there was. Even with the zombies, you have to have that moment where yes. we found out that her, the, the zombie queen she's, was pregnant all along. She's it's like family fucking drama for the pregnant. Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you it's crazy? About family. What are you? You're going to tell me a fucking corpse can get its dick up. You're going to tell me that medically. He, that, he, that he is an alpha. Get the fuck out of here. He is the alpha. Look, also, if you're going to throw a fucking zombie tiger in, give us a zombie giraffe, too. Let the whole zoo loose. There are no giraffes in Las Vegas. Go fucking wild with it. That's all they had to do. If you're going to look, Zack Snyder, if you're going to do this shit and you're going to make a three and a half hour long movie or something, if you're if you want to you want to make people enjoy it. Go off the fucking rails. Go off the fuck with a, especially with a premise like this, go off the fucking rails, go fucking crazy. Just stop trying to anchor it down with emotion. This movie did not need emotion. It needed crazy fucking violence. It needed good comedic, cheeky, campy horror, like uh, some good, hard, cheeky, campy horror dialogue. And that's and that's in a couple of semi-interesting characters. That's it. That's it. Would, and maybe, uh, have, maybe Bob, a little bit more. Have you seen the, the Return heist. of the Living Dead that uh, Zack Snyder did? Return of the Living Dead uh, or Dawn, Dawn, of the the, Dead? Dawn of the Dead? Or was it Dawn of the Dead that he did? Yeah, it was a Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Dawn yeah have you seen yes. that remake? Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking incredible. Great movie. Yeah, yeah but that's, uh, again, again, there was all. See, what was good about that was they there was always ramp up and then there was like come down in between all like the big high tension scenes in Dawn of the Dead. There was huge ramp up and then come down let's get a little more grounded with the characters and then boom spike to ramp up again and there's crazy scenes and then come back down a little bit to earth and then towards the end it was just everything's fucking crazy but in this movie it was it was too much you know across the middle it was start off all the way start off all the way up here right and then come back down to try to introduce your characters and then for the rest of the movie, it was just, it was flatlined the whole movie. Like, too Nothing, many spikes. Yeah. No, no, there weren't enough spikes. It was yeah. too much because those, those spikes that happened, there was, they were too short because it was drawn out by too much character development in between. Yeah. Just, I will also say flat, that uh, spike, there, should, spike. there should have been more senior citizen zombies since this is Las Vegas. And you know, they're just lined up at the slot machines. What do you think those dreidel um, tusks were? <laughs> 70 year olds. Some yeah. of them are actually still alive, like not zombies. <laughs> they're just, they're just there at the slot machines. That still. was actually shot on location and not touched up in post. <laughs> it's a shame though, because um, like Zack Snyder, I feel that with, with the Dawn of the Dead remake, the Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, 
he did the family drama piece right because in that movie you have a bunch of people who are thrown together in this space and there's a lull in the middle where they're trying to figure out if they can survive in the world by just living here until the gov- like the, the military can get to them in the in the mall yeah. until the military gets to them so there are some like family dynamic sort of things or emotional things that happen in between the different characters that that just fill up that time until they ch- decide to make an escape um, and i think that works there because there's a specific reason for it but in Army of the Dead, like the only reason the family dynamics were there were to give you like quote unquote emotional payoffs later on uh, as part of the plot, and none of it was really necessary in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Yeah, I like the zombie baby in in Army in uh, in um, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, yeah, but I there's it no, there was no reason for one in Army of the Dead. <laughs> no, I agree. No. I agree. Literally none, except to show that the that the head zombie fucks. <laughs> Congrats! No. Congratulations! The head, zombie yeah, the head zombie fox in this in this movie. Oh my god! I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, I did appreciate and the single tear and everything. He was like, Rawr. also, also, can, <laughs> we, like, can, we applaud, can we applaud the alpha zombie uh, for for not adhering wearing a helmet? No, and for not adhering. Uh, by the way, I love how everyone in these movies is usually terrible shots, and as soon as the alpha puts a helmet on, they are all Hawkeye. Like they and like they didn't yeah. they didn't miss they didn't miss <laughs> I mean, centers of his ding, head. Ding ding ding. Yeah, it was like oh wow, you guys are incredible. So man, go for the knees. You yeah, can't hit the helmet. Cool. Like, like, Shoot out his yeah, damn figure knees. Figure it out sooner. Anyways, uh, I have to applaud the alpha for not going by current uh, beauty standards. Uh, his girl literally lost her entire body. There's no there's no body for him to objectify. Yeah. He was there literally only for her mind the mind that was yeah. it and then the yeah. baby the yeah. mind and the baby that was yeah. it it's yeah. just the brain and the womb that's yeah. all he cared about also like uh him well, don't say the room that, that goes zombie, back to uh, he wore a dress for most of the movie too no I mean, it was a cool cape he did look or like a jack terry styles <laughs> <laughs> so i like i need to point out that like I mean, we've already pointed out like a thousand inconsistencies at this yeah. point. All of the things that they set up uh, preemptively that quite literally never were readdressed at all in the entire movie, but yet another inconsistency, which I enjoyed when it happened. And then when I noticed it stopped happening, I got fucking furious. When Dave Batista went Drax mode, Dave Batista went fucking Drax mode, right? Mm-hmm. He f- he was throwing fucking poker tables across the room into hordes of zombies. He at one point quite literally grabbed the end of a poker table and threw it into a horde of zombies probably 25 feet away. However, when he's trying to move a fucking mattress out of the way to open a door, it took him 15 minutes. You can yes. throw a 1,200-pound poker table 25 feet across a room, but you can't move a fucking mattress? Are you kidding me? Cut Zach. 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 Buddy. Get, get it together. Zach. <laughs> Also, uh, I, this is not connected at all. Not secretary. Did anyone think that he just ripped off James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad intro again for this movie? Which I didn't realize James Gunn wrote the initial uh, or the Dawn of the Dead. Like pa- apparently that was that was Zack Snyder's first directorial uh, picture, and yeah. uh, James Gunn wrote it. So I, I guess oh, that cool. Makes, yeah, That's I awesome. guess that makes sense. But because uh, James Gunn went on to do uh, the Slug Sliver movie too. Yeah, Sliver. Sliver yeah. So. I, it, but it's it was I thought it was hilarious where he was just like oh cool you're doing the Suicide Squad open like with all like the people with the pictures and stuff 
Like, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should have. They should have. I think it's a birds of a feather thing. Like they kind of have similar tastes. I think. I think if James Gunn had this movie, it would be a ten out of ten. James Gunn knows how to do make family drama actually make sense in a movie. (laughs) That, but he also knows how to dial up the ridiculousness off the charts. You know what I'm like. And this is exactly what that movie should have been. It should have been ridiculous. uh, You know, skybound. We would have gotten that scene uh, with with Drax mode in the casino, like probably half an hour to 45 minutes earlier in the film. And it would have been stretched out more and everybody would have been doing crazy stuff. There would have been yep. uh, like, like machines, uh, what should I call it? Um, machines going off with jackpots, shooting coins out everywhere. There would have been noises, there would have yeah. been lights. There would have been all that sorts of shit. You're in Vegas. You're reading how, Bob's mind. You're in Vegas. How do you not smash a zombie head over a, a machine and you get jackpot? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Are you, right are you on you. Zach? Zach, again, Zach, are you out of your fucking mind, Zach? <laughs> I think a cool Easter egg they should have included was someone the, on the 21st person or zombie that they kill, the person just mutters to themselves, Blackjack. And it's only if you pay attention and count how many kills they had. Like, you know, you don't have to draw attention. It doesn't have to be a joke or anything, but like, it'd be like, uh, I'd read it in an IMDb page, you know, before doing Here's a joke I would have loved to have. Here's a joke that I would have loved to have seen that would have like played into something that you mentioned, uh, uh, you guys mentioned earlier when they were going through the actual um, uh, like uh, game floor for the casinos, there should have been dead zombies, like old zombies just trying to play the the, the slot machines. <laughs> like we should have seen yeah. something stupid like that. Like these old people that are, especially from Glenn, who did Army of the Dead, whose whole thing is like, they come back to where like the things that they know. You should have had a whole bunch of old zombies trying to play. Uh, play James Gunn would have nailed it. He 100 percent would have had all of that. Every single thing we're thinking of right now, James. <laughs> I tweet, I dude, I tweeted this out a couple of months ago, and I said if James or Gunn, Edgar Wright, maybe, yeah, I, I I tweeted out saying if James Gunn can resurrect Suicide Squad and make it actually like not just a financially viable movie, like quote unquote remake, it's like a reboot fucking sequel kind of. If yeah. he can make that a not just a financially viable movie, but also an enjoyable one for the fans of that content. You give him any IP, you give him any title. If you need a reboot, if you need a remake, if you need a sequel done, you give it to him and he will fucking nail it every single time. This is a movie that James Gunn should have fucking been at the helm of. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I'm excited for Sly's uh, King Shark. If James Gunn can bring tears to people's eyes, by having a uh, raccoon get sad uh, over Michael Rooker's death, then yeah, he can do absolutely anything and he can do it well. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Anything else uh, we want to add about army of the dead before we move on? I'm so, I'm so much more angry right now. Yeah. Now I'm getting <laughs> angry. Like I, like I, you, you know, I was, angry. I, was kind of an, I was on a neutral place and now it's just I like, was too. I, I genuinely, hey. I was neutral when I finished you watching so it last potential. night. Rylan, this and is then, your fault. Literally today, <laughs> today it's just sitting down and actually discussing this. I fucking hated that movie. I'm so mad right now. One <laughs> one thing I will add is not a crazy point, but I just feel like it needs to be said is I don't understand why they cast Theo Rossi, um, you know, shades from the uh, from the Luke Cage uh, series uh, in the movie just for him to be a creepy rapist for a little while get dragged off to become a zombie and then never show him again until the very, very end and have him show up and kill one person and then die. And then die. Like one it was, person, one person who didn't matter. Shitty he is. 
One person who didn't also, matter. By also, the way. It, it, like that wasn't even the saved by moment. I thought originally that was when uh, Batista slammed in and yeah. it, like shot him. It's like that would have been cool to like, oh, he saves his daughter from like the weird rapey zombie. Uh, but it's like, nope, they just handled their business kind of. Like, it could have made sense if that was how we learned that alpha zombies are a different thing, right? Because he gets dragged yeah. off. We get to see the ceremony of him being bit and then thrown into the pool. That's all deep end. And so if, at, if later on in the movie, <laughs> that movie he went off the deep end like, at that point, <laughs> we're like, oh, theoretically, like, the he's end. not a shambler. Why is he jumping off the walls and like taking everybody out? That's a good use of that, uh, of, of that payoff. But no, they just, they, they already Mocha. established it. Then they drag them off and they don't show him again until okay. he dies at the end. Hear me out. Hear me out, Mocha. What if instead of having him turn into a alpha zombie, we re recast Chris D'Elia to be the alleged creepy rapist alpha zombie. <laughs> and then we have Theo be an actual character for the rest of the movie. Yes. I'm in it. I'm in for it. As long as Chris D'Elia gets his, like gets his junk blown off by a, by a shotgun at some point. <laughs> Awesome. So we're going to move into our MVPs for Army of the Dead, where we choose who did we think stood out for the movie for us. So Mocha, who was your MVP of Army of the Dead? You know what? All things considered, I got to say that it is Tig Notaro. Not because she was like great, because we've established that she wasn't necessarily, but I just think that her implementation from a technical standpoint was actually way better than we should have expected, um, even if even if it was filled with its own flaws. And I am stoked that someone awesome like her was able to get put into this movie in a replacement of somebody who is uh, like objectively awful. So yeah, that's my my MVP. Awesome, Blue. Who's your MVP for uh, Army of the Dead? You know, I don't think we mentioned him once besides a passing passing reference but uh Dieter, uh, what, Dieter. every single time yeah. he screamed when he like got scared <laughs> i thought that was the fun that was like the funniest part of this yeah. whole film uh do you, guys know, do you guys know that actor at all have you seen him in anything else apparently he's like no, a but apparently he's like a huge german. german actor yeah i am definitely the big hottest actors in germany right now i've definitely seen him in shit so i have to check his imdb because he definitely looks familiar mm-hmm. yeah everybody looks familiar in this movie <laughs> Yeah, I was sure that the coyote was Kristen Ritter for like the first half of the movie. <laughs> or not Kristen Ritter. No, uh, what's her name? The girl from Twilight. Oh, uh, Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, her. That girl. That girl. No, yeah, no one girl. no one say it, even if that you know girl. it. Because I totally know it. I just Kristen don't want to say it. Something. Wig. Chris, Kristen Wig. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. we'll oh my God, she would have been amazing. <laughs> Kristen Wig as Tina Charles' character would have been great. So that's the alpha. <laughs> the worst, that's the worst Kristen Wiig impression I've ever seen anyone do ever. But fantastic! I'm standing. You should get it. an Oscar for Kristen it. Wiig's character from MacGruber as the pilot would have been Chef's Kiss. They should have just had MacGruber. Yeah. In this movie. Imagine, imagine you just swap out the daughter with MacGruber, but they oh have my God. the movie gets exponentially better. MacGruber. Everything else is 100 percent the same. <laughs> exponentially better even the dialogue between yeah. the two of them is the same it's because you left after you killed my mother but just <laughs> delivered by mcgruber <laughs> dr bob who is your mvp for army of the dead so i'm gonna go with blue it i think uh Dieter was uh, was probably the most standout character but i like specifically the interactions he and van had together were yeah were top notch it was like and, and this was one of the few 
good forms of character development and like relationship growth that I actually enjoyed in the entire movie. I sat here for how long have we been recording Two hour, an hour and a half at this point, shitting on the whole relationship over dramaticism of this entire movie. That was the one relationship that you watch from the beginning, go from being like, damn, I'm a soldier. I want nothing to do with this fucking moron because he's just going to get in the way and I'm going to have to protect him at some point to them. Actually, like once they're at the safe, they're having a fucking blast with it. And they're like enjoying themselves as they get through it. And then once Dieter opens it, it's like, bam, we're fucking boys now. And that was the best. That was the best combination of two people in the entire movie. You got to rephrase that, especially where we've been talking about Chris D'Elia the entire time. They were like, uh, fuck. They're like, bam, we're good friends now that consent to this. Yeah, fist bumps. We are consenting friends. Awesome. And my MVP, uh, I'm going to give it out to Valentine. Uh, Valentine was a good kitty. She was just protecting her kingdom uh, that her alpha told her to. Um, when, uh, the douchebag corporate guy called her an abomination and perverse, I got just as mad as Valentine did. And when she ate his face, it was brilliant and amazing. Probably the best scene of this movie, her throwing him around like a rag doll is fantastic. So shout out to Valentine. Uh, I can't wait to see you in the sequel. If if you survive the nuke. And with that, we're going to move into our final thoughts and conclusions. Mocha, what are your final thoughts on Army of the Dead? Um, yeah, so honestly, I think this movie was like good enough for what it was, but it could have and should have been a lot better in almost every single respect. Um, that being said, if you just like zombie movies like me, check it out. Maybe break it up into two viewings because it definitely feels as long as it is. Awesome. Blew it. What are your final thoughts and conclusions on Army of the Dead? Yeah, it was fine. I, I think I'm more angry now than when I started this. And I, I pretty much rolled right from puberty into this podcast. Um, but also, I rolled right from the movie into this podcast. So I didn't really have a ton of downtime to like let my emotions go one or the other. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with Mocha. It's probably like a good background film. Like, you, I, you know, you tune in. I was answering some emails while I was watching it. You tune in for like the action scenes. And as soon as they start talking about their family, you just do something else with your life for five minutes and then come back when they start shooting again. Um, luckily the movie's loud. So you kind of know when the exciting parts are. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was fine. It was serviceable. I just wish they did a lot more. Awesome. Dr. Bob, what are your final thoughts on army of the dead? Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, at this point, if you're going to watch it, Quite literally, you do not need to watch the first 35 to 40 minutes of the movie. Actually, watch the, the, the cold open. Watch the opening to it. Then do something else for 35 minutes straight. And then you could start watching the movie again. Because that entire you know, front quarter of the movie, you know, with the first five minutes withstanding, it's not important. It doesn't matter. The characters really aren't that important. Their relationships really aren't that important. Uh, if you're watching this movie, you know what you actually, you should, when your, your expectations are that it's going to be a ridiculous over the top zombie heist movie set in an awesome location like Vegas, you will be let down because that's really not what happens in this movie at all. Uh, it is a fucking soap opera that I didn't care for. Um, 
yeah, you trim out all that uh, emotional uh, character drama stuff. You have a serviceable uh, zombie movie with a sprinkling of heist involved as well. But the potential far outweighs what was actually released in execution. This could have been, this could have been a uh, our generation's uh, zombie land. You know, a twenty twenty and so on zombie land, uh, and it could have, you know, really refreshed the zombie genre. But it didn't. It didn't, and it was a huge letdown in almost every sense. Yeah, and I would have to say that uh, I probably enjoyed this a little bit more than uh, everybody else. Um, I found it very entertaining despite all the flaws, and I agree with a lot of the flaws, like too many plot points, and it does start, you do start to feel how long it is, especially that last third. Um, but for the most part, I found there was a lot of fun with the characters and their different personalities and just the uh, gory zombie deaths and people deaths that we got as well. Um, so I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, and also if you, uh, find that if you're in the, uh, Dr. Bob boat and you say, Hey, this sucks. Uh, you can always watch Dawn of the dead that Zack Snyder did as well. It is also a great zombie film. And with that, that is our full review of army of the dead. We have been the Data From Podcast book. And where can people find more of your work? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter where I post long form fan fictions about zombie erotica at Mocha Mike, L-I, as the Lord intended. Uh, you cannot find me at Mocha Mike. The person who has that username pulled a Chris Delia and has stepped away from the limelight for the time being. Um, so until I can get the password for him, it's Mocha Mike, L-I. But you can find me on Instagram at Mocha Mike where I post my photography work. Go check it out. Fantastic. Shredder, Mike Blue, where can people find more of your work? Yeah, you can find us at My News Music and My News Band at most major platforms. Check us out. Uh, we'll put out new music eventually, even though I said that last time. I said that we definitely have new music. And then we also took a couple weeks off. Uh, so welcome back, us, by the way, uh, now that you've listened to hey, it. Welcome you know, back, My News. No, I mean the podcast. We didn't put out something Oh, yeah, yeah, we, d- we did. Yeah, <laughs> we're saying that at the end. Uh, and uh, no, I still haven't done it. So, you know, eventually. Uh, also, you could find uh, us, uh, you know, at Jesse Replaces, uh, where he actually just edits himself into movies, and it takes him forever to do this, and they're stupid. He puts himself into like you, me, and Dupree. It's like Jesse. This isn't even like like you know funny. Like it's like oh, Brylan's Captain America in Endgame. Like that's cool. Mocha, you know, is like uh, that big mouth bass from those commercials in 2002 Nickelodeon. Like that's really funny. It's like Jesse is like doing that. But it's great, but it, it, no one cares. Um, but he has a whole YouTube channel. Um, dedicated My favorite to one is when he put himself in as Marley and Marley and me. <laughs> <laughs> he ran down that hill really well. That would be the first time anyone's ever <laughs> cried over Jesse Rand. <laughs> awesome. Dr. Bob, we're going to roll out the red carpet for you. Where can people find more of the amazing work you do? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on once again. Oh, Always appreciate it. And I can't wait to actually do spiral when we all decide uh, on a date that probably, I think uh, who, who was I talking to about it? I was they talking were, to, we're burning all masks on the 29th, right? I, yeah. I mean, I bur- look, I haven't worn a damn mask this entire time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you're not going to come here and take away my freedom. 
Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm vaccinated. I am a medical professional. I had to be vaccinated. I really didn't have much of a choice, but I would still suggest getting vaccinated. Um, yes. Yeah. So whenever we, whenever we determine uh, when we're going to do spiral, I can't wait to come back on because I actually have relatively uh, decent hopes for that movie. Uh, I'm horse blinders on for that one as well. Um, but you could check out all of the written content from Wikiga Gaming at wikigagaming.com. I stream uh, a couple times a week at twitch.tv backslash wikigagaming. Uh, we record our podcast, Not Another Gaming Podcast, live every Thursday night at twitch.tv backslash wikigagaming. Uh, the podcast, the edited podcast, goes live on all, all podcast platforms. That's Not Another Gaming Podcast. And, uh, you know, when I when I'm done with the video editing, I put it up on YouTube at youtube.com backslash wikigagaming. So it's uh, wikigagaming.com, not another gaming podcast, and then at wikigagaming on all social media except for Twitter. It is at wikigagames. Awesome, fantastic! Thank you for joining us this evening. It was a fantastic to have you on. And I am your host, Bryland. You could always find me letting you know why suspicious minds is one of the greatest songs of all time on twitter at brylund b-r-i-l-u-n-d you can also find me posting many movie and tv reviews and i mean enjoying what the grizzlies are doing in the playoffs right now man i can't believe they beat the jazz in that first game i was so happy and almost had a heart attack come on grizzlies ja you got carry the team on your back i can't wait to see y'all in the finals um but also, you can find me doing all that on Instagram at I am Brylan. And we are the Downfront Podcast. You can always find us wherever podcasts are eventually sold because subscriptions are right around the corner. Uh, so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, probably in Dr. Bob's headphones right now, we're playing. So yeah, you definitely want to listen to this podcast. And with that, check out all of our different links to all of our media at downfrompodcast.com. And with that, we're going to wish you a great night. Take care of your zombie cats. They require love and not be called perverse. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Peace. Man, I really should have pressed record. <laughs> Dang. <laughs>